Do you love Batman? Do you love Frasier? Do you love Seinfeld? Do you love Dr. Seuss? Do you love James Bond? Do you love Captain America? Oh, hell, do you just love everything that's nerd-related? I know I do. Well, you should come on over to a Nerds World podcast and listen to us, Justin and Andrew, talk everything that's nerd. Yeah, every two weeks, we delve into some random topic that we choose at the end of each episode, and we tell you the whole history of it, or as much as we feel the need to write down, our history of it, and our favorite things about it. So come on over to a Nerds World, wherever you listen to podcasts. everyone to pod and gore your one-stop shop for everything horror now here's your host justin and brandon take it away boys hello everybody and welcome to pod and gore your one-stop shop for everything horror as long as it's a movie my name is justin (laughs) my name is brandon i like how you threw that in there given that how I kind of gave you some shit for that last week because we were, <laughs> we, it's not so much that cause it is a pretty generic saying, but like, yeah, we haven't really branched off, um, outside of the, the movie. We've done one series technically. Yeah. Dracula. B- but that was basically a trilogy of movies. Yeah. Um, and it's hard to do this with a, a tv show and I, we talked about maybe doing american horror story last season because it was so good right and i wanted to do i remember i wanted to do uh nosferatu around christmas time and the mm. uh, shutters got the creep show anthology uh series like there's a bunch of things that we can actually do it on it's just doing it, it. doesn't yeah um it, i i do want to throw out real quick though just before we get started um I moved my recording studio out into the garage, so it may not. It may, there may be some different sounds that we're not normally used to. I'm. I don't know how to edit a lot of it out. Um, and all the people that he has chained up in there, so you might hear them <laughs> scream. Yeah, if you hear, you know, some guy in a big truck revving up, driving by, I can't really do anything about that. Um, Just picture maximum overdrive, and it'll be over in a very long hour and a half. <laughs> Um, we had a, a recent thing my um, going on. Um, my sister's in-law is staying with us for a little bit. And so you might hear uh, small children yelling. Uh, my daughter is four and her sons are five, uh, one, five, and six. And they get along about as well as uh, oil mixes with water. It's all like so, Yeah. So uh, I'm just going to put that out there now. Uh, it's kind of like a sorry, not sorry. I can't really help it. Sure. Um, but, you know, the things you do for family. So yeah. here we are. That's why I just avoid mine. Hey, I get it. But I'm pretty sure if, <laughs> when you're, if somebody in your family was in need, like Tuesday night, you're there for them, right? Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> so this Don't week, if the, the title didn't yeah. give it away enough, we are doing Silence of the Lambs. Uh, if you want to watch this, it's on TV almost every other day. Um... <laughs> It's also on Amazon Prime. It was free. I don't know if it still is, and it is on Netflix last I checked this weekend. Right. I watched it on Netflix last night as of August 30th, 2020. Okay. So it should still be there. They usually don't update. Well, it just kind of depends on their contracts. Yeah. 
It should be you should be able to find it somewhat yeah. easily. Uh, for those of you that haven't seen it, a young FBI cadet uh, must receive the help of an incarcerated and ma- manipulative cannibal killer to help catch another serial killer, a madman who skins his victims. Because why not? Yeah, why not? Yeah. I like how it, it just generically says skins his victims. Like, honestly, if you haven't seen Silence of the Lambs, like what? This is 1991, right? Yes. I should, yeah, 1991. Okay, yeah, it's been out for almost 40 years. Almost 30 years. 30 years, my math is off, yeah, <laughs> whatever. It's been out for almost 30 years. Yeah. Shut up. Um, yeah, I, if you haven't seen it, I would recommend watching it before listening to this because it is like... I don't know. Like when you're watching the movie, it does kind of it does kind of come off as like your, you know, general '90s um, crime thriller esque. Yeah, it's got that seven vibe. It's got that everything from the '90s era vibe. Yeah, even the score is. It sounds pretty, you know, generic. Like it's it's just that kind of run of the mill. Like, okay, this sounds exactly like what I would expect it to do. But if you haven't seen it. I would highly recommend doing it. It's a great, it's it's a really good movie. Yeah. It's a classic. I mean, it really is. It's one of the few movies, horror movies, that's recognized by the larger world of film as classic. Like, yeah. Psycho and, you know, some of those top tier movies that transcend the genre. Right. And I mean, uh, partially because. Uh, Sir Anthony Hopkins is just a fucking wizard behind the camera, and yeah. Jodie Foster she knocked it out of the park in this in this one too. Like I'll give it to her; she was she was really good in this movie. Yeah. Everybody, I mean, even Scott Glenn in his limited capacity. Yeah, uh, uh, and then the and then the the one you love to hate, Doctor Chilson. I remember <laughs> he was a judge on Boston Legal. And mm-hmm. he was, like, the most hated judge in the show because he was such a dick all the time. He's just that good at it. Yeah. Like, it's that character, but as a judge. Yeah. <laughs> and he had a weird eye tick. That's pretty funny. Oh, shoot. Okay. Uh, to enter the mind of a killer, Brandon, she must challenge the mind of a madman. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you fucking start with me, Justin. <laughs> Uh, this was directed by Jonathan Demi, produced by Kenneth Oot, Edward Saxon, mm-hmm. and Ron Bosman. Screenplay by Ted Talley, based on The Silence of the Lambs by Thomas Harris. We said most of the cast already. Jodie Foster, Anthony Hopkins, Scott Glenn, and Ted Levine. Uh, release date January 30th, 1991 in New York, and February 14th, 1991 for the rest of the U.S., um, speaking of the book, because uh, like you said, it was it was written by uh, Thomas Harris. Mm-hmm. This book actually came out three years before the movie. Yes, based on the Sounds of the Lambs, Thomas Harris, nineteen eighty eight novel of the same name. Yeah, yeah. Uh, three days after my my fifth birthday. Huh. Um, just a a quick story about this uh, book. So I remember I I actually talked about it at work today because in the office we were talking about silence of the lambs and all that and um 
I remember my teacher, we were all standing in the library and she asked, she was asking some of the students that were standing around her, like, what was the last book that you read? And I will never forget the look on the girl's face that was standing, you know, three feet away from me when I said, uh, Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> and I mean, I hadn't read it all the way through. Like I had it and I was skimming. Like I love to read. I just don't have the time or the attention span to sit down and do it. There's just so many other things that I, I would rather be or could be doing yeah. than, you know, unwinding with a good book. But yeah, I'll never forget the look that she looked like. She looked at me like I was just a sideshow freak. She's like, Ugh. well, she's not and wrong. I'm like, well, and I was like, well, uh, to you too. For I mean, you know what it is, so can't be all that bad, huh? This was today when you said this, or this was. Well, I was when telling the five. story about it, but this was when I was in like middle school or elementary uh, school or something like that. It was early on. Fair enough. Yeah, I could see, especially given the kind of aura that this movie has right. as a middle schooler reading that book, people going, hmm. Watch out for the that. Teacher kid. didn't say anything, but one of my classmates looked at me like I was just the biggest weirdo ever. I'm sure she had more than one reason. Uh, this oh, sure had a did. budget of 19 million with a box office of 272.7 million. Damn. Yeah, becoming the fifth highest-grossing film of 1991 worldwide. Wow. So it was okay. a big deal. Yeah. Uh, as we said earlier, it's based on the Thomas Harris 1988 novel of the same name and is the second film to feature the character Hannibal Lecter following the 1986 film Manhunter. Put that in there for you. Which you, uh, which you haven't seen, correct? Right. You which said you... it's essentially Red Dragon? Yeah. It which was, I've seen um... and loved, so I'm sure I'd like Manhunter. Yeah, it's just it's a little different because it's like when you're watching the movie and you see Brian Cox playing Hannibal Lecter, it's like... You're not Anthony Hopkins. Just, yeah, you're, you're not... Yeah, exactly. And it's like, <laughs> um, okay, I get it. But at the same time, it's just like, yeah, I mean, he does a good job. Yeah, Brian liked, Cox is great. I liked, yeah, and I liked Manhunter. Sure. Um, but yeah, you should definitely watch it. And the reason why I also bring that up is because I gave Justin a little bit of shit because our, kind of our rule for the podcast is that if we pick a movie, we have to do the original before we cover anything else that comes with it. And right. technically it is the original, but... but it's not because it's preceding Manhunter. But then I also kind of thought, I was like, well, we could always do a Manhunter Red, uh, Red Dragon like combination but it's just sparked too many ideas well and that's the thing i mean if you go release order manhunter would be first i guess if you go story order like correct actual what you would watch it in hannibal rising would be first because that's right. when he's still just a kid mm -hmm. which, which if I you haven't seen I've it is seen... really good yeah i have seen it actually it's More no red dragon but it is good no, but I mean that's also the the cast in that movie is also just insane. Yeah. Uh, prior to, to the, the novel's release, Orion Pictures partnered with Gene Hackman to bring the novel to the big screen, with Hackman set to direct and possibly star in the role of Crawford. Negotiations were made to split the five hundred thousand cost. Uh, 
of rights between Hackman and the studio. In addition to securing the rights to the novel, producers also had to acquire the rights to the name Hannibal Lecter, which were owned by Manhunter producer uh, Dino De Laurentiis, owing to sorry, owing to the financial <laughs> failure of the earlier film, De Laurentiis lent the character rights to Orion Pictures for free. Oh, yeah, that's very nice of him. Well, I mean, if Manhunter was a failure, and they weren't going to make any more, it's it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. just here, take it. Yeah. In November 1987, around the time of my birthday. Ted Talley oh. was brought on to write the adaptation. When Talley was about halfway through with the first draft, Hackman withdrew from the project and financing fell through. However, oh. Orion Pictures co-founder Mike Madovi uh, assured Talley to keep writing as the studio itself took care of financing and searched for a replacement director. Orion Pictures sought director Jonathan Demme to helm the project. With the screenplay not yet completed, Demme signed on after reading the novel. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Jodie Foster was interested in playing the role of Clary Starling immediately after reading the novel. However, in spite of the fact that Foster had just won an Academy Award for her performance in The Accused in 1988, Demi was not convinced that she was right for the role. Having just collaborated on Married to the Mob, Demi's first choice for the role of Starling was Michelle Pfeiffer, who turned it down. Um... That's probably for the better. I mean, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure she would have done a really good job, but, man, I don't know. I'm not, like, the biggest Jodie Foster fan, but, like, she... It's She's glorious to me. Where it's like, I wouldn't necessarily compare it to Lightning in a Bottle, but I, I just, like, uh, like listening to potentially other people that could have been cast in this movie, I'm like, uh, no. Yeah. Bad. Bad, No. Because still not convinced, he approached Meg Ryan, who turned it down for its gruesome themes, and then Laura Dern, uh, of whom the studio was skeptical as not being a bankable choice. As a result, Foster was award awarded the role due to her passion towards the character. Huh. Yeah. Um, Meg Ryan, no. Yeah. Laura Dern, maybe? Yeah. I could see her. She I, she's got a toughness to her. Yeah. Hold well. Like, there's also there's just something about that um, that Jodie F uh, Foster brought that was also like, yeah, there was a toughness, but it was also like a real young, not quite naivete, vibe. but close. Yeah, yeah. Even though she just won an Academy Award, uh, an Academy Award, like you said previously, but to be like, to still be able to nail that. I wouldn't say innocent by, but yeah, the inexperience, like she, yeah, just all the board, all of it just was good. Yeah. Uh, for the role of Dr. Hannibal Lecter, Demi originally approached Sean Connery. After the actor <laughs> turned it down, Anthony Hopkins was then offered the role based on his performance in The Elephant Man in 1980. Okay. Um, I love Sean Connery as much as the next person, but I don't, I'm sure he would have done a, a good job, but there was just something about anthony hopkins there's a sinister quality to his face and just the way he talks that no one can match right and i don't know if you wrote this down but uh it was brought up somebody had mentioned it to me at work today that anthony hopkins as playing hannibal lecter that he never blinks on camera yeah 
and I never knew that. Mm-hmm. It makes sense because he's always got that crazy wide eye look going on. But yeah, he I guess never blinked. Yeah, I think I have it somewhere in my fun facts, but okay. Yeah, he like he sure. studied sharks and he studied like I don't know if it was Manson or some other serial killer, but mm-hmm. just their patterns and the way that they looked and talked to people. Yeah. Uh, principal ph- photography on Silence of the Lambs began on November 15th, 1989, and wrapped March 1st, 1990. Filming primarily took place in and around Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, with some scenes shot in the nearby northern West Virginia. The exterior of the western center near uh, Cannonsburg, Pennsylvania, served as the setting for Baltimore State Hospital for the Criminally Insane. Uh, In what was a rare act of cooperation at the time, the FBI allowed scenes to be filmed at the FBI Academy in Quantico. Some FBI staff members even acted in pit pit parts. Crazy. I didn't know that that was actually Quantico. Yeah. Because, I mean, like, every, like, it's always Quantico when it's FBI and all that kind of stuff. But, like, uh, you I just kind of assume, kind of like, uh, I don't know if you ever watched that movie, um, The Recruit with Colin Farrell. A long time ago, yeah. Yeah, like, I just, like, you wouldn't actually assume that they're filming at an actual facility, like an actual FBI or CIA facility, you know? Yeah, you wouldn't think they'd want them to. Yeah, but to actually have them at Quantico, that's kind of crazy. Yeah. Uh, Roger Ebert of the Chicago Sun-Times specifically mentioned the terrifying qualities of Hannibal Lecter. Ebert later added the film to his list of the greatest movies, recognizing the film as a horror masterpiece alongside such classics as Nosferatu, Psycho, and Halloween. Nice. That's a a hell of a praise. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, the film is also notable for being one of two multi-academy award winners, the other being Unforgiven, disapproved of by Ebert's colleague Gene Siskel, writing for Chicago Tribune. Siskel said Foster's character, who is appealing, is dwarfed by the monsters she is after. I'd rather see her work on another case. I think I, she holds I, her own. I mean, it's hard to step up to anthony hopkins but that's exactly what i'm yeah like when it comes to yeah there's just there's some real powerhouse actors anthony hopkins is definitely one of those yeah and i i like her performance in that she's got my praise just as well up there with his yeah i mean even watching him in thor it's like you just you stop and you watch hopkins do his thing mm -hmm. and it you can't help but have everyone else sort of be diminished at that time but yeah and i think she still does great yeah i agree and so did the academy this film won the big five academy awards best picture best director best actor for hopkins best actress for foster and best adapted screenplay for ted tally making it only the third film in history to accomplish that feat Oh, wow. Yeah. It was also nominated for Best Sound and Best Film Editing, but lost to Terminator 2 and JFK. Oh. Well, and that was one of the things I would like, when I was watching this movie, like, it really did kind of feel, like I said, of the time when it came to 
a lot of the things like I was talking about like the score and the way that the movie was shot but like I don't know it, it kind of felt like that but just a little bit better yeah I mean there is just this sinister creepy cool quality to the movie that makes it stand out even yeah plus the performances the writing and everything that it's right. why after almost 30 years it's still one of the best movies ever stands up and it still holds i mean like yeah it it has a few things that like that are probably in that movie that wouldn't necessarily make it able to be made the exact same way now sure. i mean it's no monster squad or anything like that where you're like whoa that would not fly today but, right like yeah it, it there's it some lines and up. bits that would make people go eh, but yeah yeah that's yeah exactly other awards uh, include being named Best Film by the National Board of Review of Motion Pictures and was nominated for the Golden Globe Award for Best Director. Film was awarded mm -hmm. Best Horror Film of the Year during the second Horror Hall of Fame telecast, with Vincent Price presenting the award to the film's executive producer. Nice. Yeah. yeah. In 1998, the film was listed as one of the 100 greatest films in the past 100 years by the American Film Institute. In 2006, at the Key Art Awards, the original poster for Silence of the Lambs was named Best Film Poster of the Past 35 Years. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna look that up, um, and I'll have to remember to um, add it. Is that the one with just the face and the, the moth? I would assume so. Yeah, I'll have to make sure that I get some of these um, pictures on yeah. Facebook when we post it. Mm-hmm. In 2011, ABC aired a primetime special, Best in Film, The Greatest Movies of Our Time, that counted down the best films chosen by fans based on results of a poll conducted by ABC and People magazine. Silence of the Lambs was selected as the best suspense thriller, and Dr. Hannibal Lecter was selected as the fourth greatest film character. Hmm. So not just villain, film character. Yeah. Like... He kind of... <laughs> yeah. It's it's kind of transcendent. Yeah. Uh, cut one right. more thing before fun facts. In 2015, Entertainment Weekly's 25th anniversary year included The Silence of the Lambs in its list of the 25 best movies made since the magazine's beginning. Hmm. Huh. Yeah. Nice. All right, a couple fun facts before we get into the meat of the show. Other actors considered for the role of Lecter included Al Pacino... Robert De Niro, uh, Dustin Hoffman, oh Derek Jacoby, and Daniel Day-Lewis. Hmm. After just watching There Will Be Blood again, Daniel Day-Lewis would have been very interesting as Hannibal Lecter. Yeah, there's... Oh, man, it's just... It's so hard to, like, to imagine anybody else doing it. Daniel Day-Lewis is a fucking... And he's a hell of an actor. Yeah. I know I told you I haven't seen There Will Be Blood, even though I own it and my wife loves it. Yeah. It's but, a slog. It, it takes some commitment to get through it. Um, excuse me. If I mean, if I can handle watching Brian Cox play Hannibal Lecter, which I would never, would never be on my radar even at all. Yeah. You know, I guess Daniel Day-Lewis wouldn't be horrible. Uh, Anthony Hopkins and Jodie Foster only share four scenes throughout the course of the entire movie. Oh, oh that's right. Um, in the cell. 
Mm-hmm. Scott Glenn met with Johnny Douglas. Douglas gave Glenn a tour of the Quantico facility and also played for him an audio tape containing various recordings that serial killers Lawrence Bittaker and Roy Norris had made of themselves raping and torturing a 16-year-old girl. According to Douglas, Glenn wept as he experienced the recordings and even changed his liberal stance on the death penalty. Hmm. Yeah. The, the Victorian home in Periopolis, Pennsylvania, used as Buffalo Bill's home in the film, went up for sale in August 2015 for $300,000. The home sat on the market for nearly a year before finally selling for $195,000. That's a big old cut. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. With 24 minutes and 52 seconds of screen time, Sir Anthony Hopkins' performance in this movie is the second shortest to ever win an Academy Award for Best Actor in a Leading Role, with David Niven in Separate Tables, 1958, beating him at 23 minutes and 39 seconds. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. After Lecter was moved from Baltimore, the plan was to dress him in a yellow or orange jumpsuit. Sir Anthony Hopkins convinced director Jonathan Demme and costume designer Colleen Atwood that the character would seem more clinical and unsettling if he was dressed in pure white. Hopkins has since said he got the idea from his fear of dentists. Hmm, okay. Yeah. Last one. Silence of the Lambs was inspired by the real-life relationship between University of Washington criminology professor and profiler Robert Keppel and serial killer Ted Bundy. Bundy helped Keppel investigate the Green River serial killings in Washington. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, it's a little uh, local connection for us. Yeah, super cool. Yeah. Hey, right, I'm going to take a breather on a sip of soda here before we dive into the meat of the thing. Yeah, I I never realized that there that it was um, it was like that with Bundy, and yeah. all that, and I always forget how local that one really was. Like, there was what wasn't the Green River Killer also in the Pacific Northwest? I think so. Yeah. Like if um, oh my god. Well, my wife took a course at UW about serial killers and the professor interviewed Bundy and it was like he talked about just right outside the classroom where he looked at girls and captured them and all different things so I mean it's he traveled a lot of different places throughout his career but he was pretty close to home oh okay yeah um so it looks like Gary uh, Ridgway which I believe was the Green River Killer um yeah, Ted Bundy, John Allen Muhammad. Uh, that was the D.C. He was a Tacoma resident or one time. And then huh. Robert Yates Jr. Jr. I think those are just Washington. Hmm. Huh. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Some notoriety for the worst possible reason. Right. The worst thing you want to be known for. <laughs> Damn it. All right. How about, uh, are you ready to dive oh, yeah. in? I have breathed. All right. There we go. 
So we get uh, the opening. I thought at first, because I haven't watched this in a very long time, I thought Clarice was just running through the woods exercising, but she's actually doing like an obstacle course that you would do for mm -hmm. training as a cop. Right. And yeah. then she's called to Crawford's office, seeing a young but still old Scott Glenn was cool. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> Good old Scott Glenn. Stick. I mean, come on. Oh, he died? No. He's stick oh, from he uh, Daredevil. Uh, oh, shit, right. I thought you said he's dead. I'm like, fuck. No, I said stick. Yeah, I, I got it now. Ah, stick. <laughs> but there's clippings from Buffalo Bill's uh, skinnings, and for whatever reason, he decides that this new recruit who's never really handled the case on her own should go talk to the most notorious cannibalistic serial killer of all time mm -hmm. in order to catch Buffalo Bill. Yeah. I okay, think it makes you're sense. you're new to this, but let's just go ahead and give this a shot. I mean, I guess it's I'm a Hail Mary you, thing. <laughs> I'm going to need you to go and talk to this guy. And if you important. could get him to help us catch this other killer, that'd be great. That would be great. Thanks. <laughs> I mean, they talk about later, sort of in passing, that like this isn't the first time he's taken a run at Lecter. Mm -hmm. And each time has failed, so I mean, I guess he has nothing else to lose. If it fails again, then that's just yeah, it. They need to try something this, else. Right, this truly is a Hail Mary. 100%. Like, like, no way is it going to work, but, you know, there's that small thing, like, maybe it will. I don't know. Maybe. If there's even the smallest chance he could be our enemy, we have to treat it as an absolute certainty. God damn it. <laughs> you, got, you fucking hit me with that at work the other day. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Good times. Terrible movie. Uh... uh so, we get to Dr. Tilton's office, and he's... You motherfucker. What? There's a fruit fly in my beer. In your Piece beer? Shit. Uh, minus the D. My beer. Hmm. Okay. Beverage? I, yeah, I, yeah, I know. I understand. Oh, okay. I holler. Sounds okay, like some extra protein sure. for you. <laughs> There's been a fly buzzing around our kitchen for like two days now, and it's just this monster that sounds like a B-52 is swarming by your head. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but in some really good doctoring, Dr. Chilton immediately starts calling Lecter a monster, and he hits on Clarice, and is trying yeah. to ask her out on the town just literally lets you know right out the gate that he's a piece of shit. Yeah. Like Which, a real big piece of shit. I almost kind of wish they didn't. I mean, I suppose back in 91 it wasn't cliche. Yeah, that's the problem about watching older movies. Like, there's so much time and so much, like, cultural change since 1991. Yeah. That, like, I mean, that's it 100% makes sense because it's talked about later in the movie with um, with uh, Crawford and um, Clarice just how 
disrespected women in the workplace were. Well, I mean, still are, but were. Right. Like, just like you're you're trying to do your job and just straight up, like, hey. Yeah. Now I would think and hope that it's a little bit more. Uh, I'm gonna disguised. Yeah, I, don't, I I don't think it is. I I really do feel like it's probably still quite a bit off from where it should be. Which well, is obviously. But yeah. But it but seems yeah. like everything from back in the day when it shows that kind of stuff, it's just so blatant and in your face. Yeah. Like, oh, they really <laughs> are just horrible fucking <laughs> bastards. Yeah. Um, so while he's, she's being taken to Lecter, we get this little backstory that he was complaining about chest pains and he was taken to get a scan to make sure, you know, his heart wasn't failing or anything. And during this time, he ate a nurse's face, yeah. including her nose. Yeah, who's on? Or no, her tongue. Oh shit! Yeah, I didn't remember specifically what it was, but I remember she did get the nurse did get attacked. Yeah. So just, and I'm glad that eventually, glad seems like a strange word to use, but glad that he eventually we see him do what he does. Mm-hmm. But this. It's kind of a nice touch to have this constant setup of like, no, he's really horrible. Like, he seems yeah. very n- nice and charming, a little creepy and weird, but, you know. Yeah, it, it, it really is good to kind of get him, you know, being real shitty later because otherwise you're just like, I don't, I don't see what the problem is. Like, yeah, he's, yeah. he's this, but like, you never see it. So, like, there's almost a disconnect until he finally has his, you know, breakout moment. Right. And it's like, oh, God, yeah, he is bad. That's right. Yeah. Oh, he <laughs> is a serial killer. Okay. Oh, but shit. Okay. This isn't one of those uh, double jeopardy, you know, accused of crimes they didn't commit kind of thing. Yeah. Dang. Um, I like the line when they meet about... Because Buffalo Bill has trophies the skins that he keeps from his victims are like his trophies and most serial killers keep something and mm-hmm. him well i think it was clary saying you didn't keep any trophies you ate them yeah like, which is great yeah in a very gross way <laughs> that's true uh, and he tries deconstructing her and breaking down her character and you're from here and you have this southern drawl and he kind of <laughs> sends her on this wild goose chase for Miss Moffat. Right. Which I didn't entirely catch initially. And then later when she goes to the abandoned building I was like, oh okay, it, you know, it was an ex-patient of his supposedly. Yeah. Yeah. Which was kind of which was kind of a trip. Yeah. Um. See, she later gets a call from Crawford, I think. Yeah. And is told that Lecter. So when she goes to meet Lecter, initially this other inmate named Miggs is just yeah. horrible and disgusting to her. Yeah, hurls obscenities, hurls bodily fluids. Yeah, as she leaves uh, it, and. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. 
I, I always forget about that part, and then I go, oh. Oh, there it is. And that's the one thing. It's like, Lecter, like, he's intellectual as shit, but, like, when he's, like, apologizing for other people's, like, poor behavior or, you know, and this and that, like, he's very big on manners yeah. and kind of following rules it's like it's very structured like even when you know she's like there's no time you need to tell me and he's like no it's like <laughs> okay then don't. we're going to do this and you're going to ask polite and we're going to just play this game right well i mean and you find out later in like red dragon that you know he was a doctor he was a you know, highly regarded member of society. Like, mm-hmm. he was a very rich and affluent person mm-hmm. that had some clout right. in the society before Edward Norton caught him. <laughs> oh, shit, I forgot Edward Norton was in Red Dragon. Well, yeah, he's the... I don't remember the detective's name. And yeah. I think Philip Seymour Hoffman's in it briefly, too. He he was, yeah. He, I think he was a reporter, yeah. Or a journalist or something like that. He's the one that's um, lit on fire and sent down the hill in a wheelchair or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, dude, I totally forgot because it was kind of crazy because um, Hannibal, we talked about this at lunch, Hannibal came out in 2001, mm-hmm. and then Red Dragon came out in 2002, um, which, if you haven't seen Red Dragon yet, it's on... Hulu premium subscription. Nice. Never mind. But oh, it is also on Amazon Prime. There mm. it is. But I was going to look up to see what. Um, that was directed by Brett Ratner. What? Yeah. Oh, He's one of those the, yeah directors that does horrible stuff like X Three and Rush Hour, but then does Red Dragon, and you're like, wait, hmm. It, what's wrong with Rush Hour? It's fine. They didn't I mean, need to make three anything, of them, but it's... Say, you could give them shit about being a producer on uh, on uh, Hercules starring The Rock. I didn't know he was. <laughs> yeah, I didn't either. I stopped following the uh, journey of Brett Ratner shortly, shortly after X3. Yeah, rightfully so. <laughs> uh, God, but he did a lot of shit. All of this to say that uh, Lecter made Miggs, the horrible other inmate, swallow his own tongue. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one of the nurse guards uh, heard him whispering, murmuring to Miggs, couldn't hear what he was saying, and then later Miggs swallowed his own tongue. So he's quite persuasive in his way. Right. Somehow he's like, swallow your own tongue. He's like, no, do it. <laughs> I guess. Oh, fine. Fine. God, duh. If you're going to ask twice... <laughs> Will Ferrell and Austin Powers if you ask me three times I have to answer (laughs) (laughs) damn it three times okay yeah (laughs) do I really have to ask you uh, two more times Um, so yeah dude super smart though like this is why I work in a warehouse and I'm not in the FBI man because like she picks up on the things that he was saying which was a clue leading to where she needed to go next. Mm-hmm. 
which I'm leading it into for you so you don't feel like you have to talk the entire time. I'm trying to help you out here, man. I appreciate so that, hard. and I really so do. Hard. I just thought that you were going to actually read the thing that I wrote, but no, it's fine. I don't mind. I don't want to hijack your episode, and it's not like we can we can do cues. True. You know, um, yeah, but. so somewhere in Lecter's uh, yammerings and his you know quizzical speech patterns, he says something about yourself, yeah. um, which leads Clarice to this yourself storage facility uh, that was owned or signed out by a Miss Moffat. So it wasn't right. actually a patient of his or a nursery rhyme. It was... <laughs> this fake name that he used to sign out this uh, storage facility where Clarice yeah. finds a head in a bottle. Hmm. Yeah. Super and bad. Like, you're like, oh, gross. Like, even still, like, that storage unit was, there's a lot of shit, but that was like a really nice car. It looked like a, like a classic car. Yeah. And it was definitely left... And somebody was meant to find it. I don't think they necessarily thought it would maybe take 10 years sure. for somebody to get in there and find it, but somebody did find it. Yeah. And Mrs. Moffat is an anagram for the rest of me. As in, yeah, it was just the head and you have to find the rest out. of me. Right. Um, it was an ex-patient that uh, Hannibal had found dead and... Uh, we find out that because of his behavior with Miggs, uh, the drawings that he had done were taken from his cell. His TV was uh, cranked up to high volume, so it was, wasn't was a pleasant thing to watch. It was just irritating and blasting at him the whole time due right. to uh, Shithead Chilton just being a dick. Yeah. Um, but after some more canoodling and talking, Lecter finally offers to help catch Bill. And we... Huh? It took a minute. Yeah. Well, I mean, at least two visits, even. Right, off topic, sorry. The best thing about having my garage studio is to keep you talking, and I can literally just walk to my fridge and grab another beer. Huh. That would be nice. I just have a root beer. Good for you. Root beers aren't bad. They're good. I gotta be in the I gotta be in the mood for it though. Cream soda is kind of my my go-to. Oh yeah, I try and mix it up so I don't have cream soda every single day. Otherwise, I would just have cream soda every single day. <laughs> well, and I know this is going down another tangent, but like every time we go grocery shopping, we and we go to Winco. Yeah. They have like a super cheap soda machine on the way out. And the thing that I'd love to grab out of there is a raspberry cream soda. Hmm. Oh. I think that... Well, no, the one that I had, it was a Fred Meyer brand. It was just called the Red Cream Soda. Oh. And it tasted like bubble gum. Oh, that sounds like... um, That's almost like a big red. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, people might... Know, I don't know if it, people know what that is. It's not super common anymore, but yeah, I just I know about know the, they still the gum. But yeah. Anyway, we get yeah, our first I'll, shot I'll of Bill. <laughs> another fruit fly or something. I'm getting. See, this is what sucks: is the bugs, man. 
<laughs> You're gonna need to like vacuum seal yourself in. <laughs> I know. Well, remember Jeremy was asking me. He's like, "Did you seal the garage?" I'm like, "No, my wife's gonna end up parking in here eventually." <laughs> <laughs> All right. So yeah, Bill just get a giant Dexter-style plastic sheet to put over the door for a while. That's not a bad idea. I thought about putting some of those foam pad, like those foam, um, foam squares that are supposed to help with uh, audio. Yeah, the whatever. sound reducers. Yeah, I thought about putting or dampeners. I thought about putting, dampeners. Uh, yeah. I thought about putting some of those on my garage door because technically it would still open and close the same, just fine. But yeah, should not a, not a bad idea. It's just it's spendy. Yeah. But enough tangents. So where are we at? We're at um, was this the the night vision stalking? Yeah, and uh, Bill finds his next victim, and he's disturbingly clever about it uh pretending to be yeah. like he has a broken arm and he's trying to move this chair couch thing into the back of his van and he needs help from this you know young girl and right. says hey can you help me with this real quick i i got it all the way here but i just can't get it into the van and oh hey which can you use hmm? which is kind of bs because he was moving that thing just fine. If I would have saw him moving that like that, I'd be like, all right, this guy's got it. Yeah. And I also Dropped wouldn't your beer. have been like, uh, it's an, yeah, it knocked it over when I set the other one on the ground. Mm-hmm. I would not, if he would have been like, hey, go ahead and get in here, I'd be like, first of all, fuck you. <laughs> no. Because I am not a size 14, and you are not going to have my skin. But you could, though. I, oh, I'm pretty sure that I'm bigger than the size. I'm a big guy. There's a lot sure. of lot of luscious skin on my back, but indeed. And fuck you. Well, you could make two suits then, or a really Ouch. like okay, or like I a roomy like a bathrobe skin, kind of thing would be nice. Oh, you want to wear you? You'd wear a, a skin bathrobe made. Out I wouldn't, of all but this? he would. Yeah, I feel I'll like I'll stick he would. with my Superman bathrobe. Thank you very much. It has a hood on it. So, it's kind of cool. I'm surprised. I'm surprised that it's a uh, Superman. We got it at the fair back when there was a decent fair, and no. it was like a superhero DC theme in that one ag building. Yeah, Pepperidge Farm remembers that one. We don't. It's been such a long time. I know. The fair sucks. Yeah, that's another tangent we should. I could go into. Maybe at work tomorrow. <laughs> um. So yeah, he lures but, her in, he knocks her out. This is probably my the biggest problem that I have with this movie, and I really only feel like the night vision is being used here to kind of set up the night vision later. But like, yeah, it's dark outside, but he in no way needed to use night vision goggles that night for what he was doing to be True. that close. And it was the 90s, so they had to show off some sort of cool tech gadget thing. Yeah, I get it, but that, that's my that's probably my, my, my one nag with this movie. Yeah, like, it was a, a plot device to set yeah. up for future use. Right. And boy, but howdy, it, do they use it. Uh, yeah, so the, I mean, it works out real well later. Like, I really like... Like, the payoff is almost worth it. Yeah. I almost kind of forget that it was so hamily teed up. Mm-hmm. 
Because it's just like, it's he's a creepy dude who abducts women and skins them. Like, it's not... Even if they hadn't set it up in a scene, it's not that crazy to think he would have them in the first place. Right, I agree on that. I just... I'm like, dude, you can see the car coming. Like, yeah. you don't need the goggles for that. <laughs> like, if I can see it, you can see it. So it's just, it's fine. Right. And so, yeah, they... Um, he does knock her out. He's just like, hey, are you size 14? Then just fucking wails on her. Mm-hmm. And then he, he knows his sizes because it was dead on. Well, yeah. When you make, you know, clothing out of people skin, you know, you get to know your <laughs> measurements pretty well, I would imagine. <laughs> right. So, next up, uh, they find a body... Of a deceased woman that uh, Bill had killed. Apparently, he uh-huh. keeps them alive for three days and then shoots and skins them and then dumps them. Uh, this one was found with two giant diamond-sized uh, skin patches removed from her back. Right. Which just grow. It reminds me of um, Dexter. Do you ever watch that show? Oh, I love Dexter. The Skinner. Was, the ending was ruined for me, but I was a big fan. Yeah, I didn't mind the ending. Well, Not I didn't great, mind it. I didn't actually see it, but I, I found out about it before I actually got to. Oh, uh, that's too bad. And so, yeah. Um, but they're examining the victim. Clarice is there. Uh, Scott Glenn is there. And they flip her over. She's, you know, decayed. She was in, like, a swamp watery area so she's pretty mm-hmm. gross looking and Clarice notices there's something in her throat which ends up being this giant bug cocoon uh, for the death's head moth right which is super cool which turns out they can only be they're only in certain parts of the world and like they'd have to be ordered and flown in from somewhere right yeah it's a it's like a uh, you can only get it in Asia yeah uh, a spot in Asia, which is like, well, you, like, I get, like, it's super cool, but then you're like, oh, man, I painted myself into a corner, and I'm gonna get caught. I know, like, pick something that not just one person in the world would have shipped from Asia to their place, like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, it's, it's the Death's Head Moth? I think we can uh, narrow that field down pretty quickly. Right, I agree. Um, so we get uh, naked Bill sewing with Catherine in the pit screaming for help. Right. The it's, it's kind of a trip, man, because it's like he's got one of the bigger basements I've ever seen. It's pretty huge. Down there. And, and then it's... just a, like it would make sense if it was like a well or something previously got closed off or something somehow but that he's got a big old deep pit down there and it's fairly perfectly cylindrical like it doesn't it doesn't look like it took forever for him to you know dig himself like it was just put there it's like the pit from dark knight rises yeah yeah exactly but i mean yeah it's 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 an it's it's perfectly cylindrical it's got you know the raw like the brick whatever that was used to kind of make it 
Yeah. Like kind of seal it. Like it. Like I. It almost kind of looks like it was like it would have been a well. Probably. Or like a well, yeah. maybe not septic, because then it would need to be yeah. covered. But. Right, and I have no idea. I don't know. Mm. I don't have one in my basement. No, <laughs> I don't have a basement either. But so. I, mean, this, I guess uh, it's a basement. It's close. Yeah. Um. So, Clarice goes back to Lecter, and Scott Glenn tells her to offer him a deal for a transfer to a different uh, facility if he is willing to actually genuinely help in a way that doesn't make them hunt down storage facilities with heads in jars. Right. Uh, so he offers up the idea that the moth symbolizes uh, Billy's change and that he believes he's a transsexual but isn't. Um, right, like he, like he thinks that he is, like he, he either thinks that he is or wants to be. Yeah. And that but, he was abused and hates himself and all that kind of stuff. Just like mm-hmm. all the things that they would th- throw at like that kind of self-diagnosis back in the day. Be like, oh, he, 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 he views himself like this. He must have been abused and hates himself. Like, mm-hmm. wow, <laughs> that's quite the the leap of judgment right there yeah i mean it's but then you look at him and the way he talks and the way he acts and it's like okay yeah i could see he was probably not well taken care of as a kid yeah and i think he went to a psychiatrist at some point and you know divulged that kind of stuff and uh clarice finally breaks the rule and decides to start telling a little bit of her story about her uh, her dad dying and being sent to live on a farm with relatives uh-huh. which tees up the later scene about the lambs but we'll uh-huh. get to that later and I lost my there it is uh, then we get the infamous pit scene that's been <laughs> Parodied and made fun of in every possible form possible. (laughs) Puts the lotion on the skin or else it gets the hose again. (laughs) I think I've even put several memes on our Facebook page of that exact scene. Probably. I like the one, I think it's, there's a cat looking down on its owner and it's like it puts the treat in the basket or else it gets the claws again. (laughs) <laughs> I don't think I saw that one, but that's good. Uh, I need to stop looking away from my notes because I'm missing my spot. Uh, yeah, so um, Catherine, like he's telling her to put the lotion on. He he sends the basket down saying, you know, it puts the lotion in the basket. And then, you know, he freaks eyes out. Puts the lotion in the basket. <laughs> and then he he puts it in there and then pulls it back up and then you that's when she sees the claw marks on the walls like somebody had tried to climb out mm-hmm. and a fingernail got stuck like that's the one thing I don't know if you've ever seen Stir of Echoes with Kevin Bacon but there's no. a scene in that movie where someone's getting dragged on the floor and they're trying to like stop themselves and they claw and uh-huh. then like the fingernail gets ripped off and it's like oh 
man. I feel it's like that's quite, in another movie too. Oh, it wouldn't surprise me. It's not quite bright burn glass shard in the eye bad, but dude, it's, it's pretty bad. Yeah. Ugh. Like, ah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, if we haven't had enough issues with tangents tonight and then just to bring up the old uh, the all eye burn scene there and <laughs> you're like I lost my place again. I don't want to think about it. Oh, I don't either. I'll just send you a picture of it later. Okay, so, that's yeah. fun. I need to watch well, that again. Let... It's so good. Yeah, well, I haven't seen it since we went and saw it. Oh, really? It's so good. Yeah. Uh but Lecter gets his transfer to Memphis. Uh, to uphold the fake deal that uh, Clarice made. And the warden is being a dickhead and kind of toying with Lecter again, of course, and he leaves his pen on Lecter's bed, and you see him eyeballing it, and then like it the cuts away. Time, yeah. In that yeah, very... watching it. Yeah, in that very obvious, like, oh, he's going to get a hold of that damn pen. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, they ID Bill as Lewis' friend, and he toys with them and gives them a description and possible address for him. Right. And then we get Clarice visiting him yet again after he's been transferred. And I would just say, aside from when they first meet, this is probably the most iconic scene and setting in the movie. Oh, in the cage? Yeah. Well, yeah, that's where, like, all the Funkos are. Mm-hmm. Like, of him wearing that white outfit, which I kind of wish I had a couple now. I, I almost bought one when we had uh, the Halloween store that popped up last year over in the old office, Max. I wish I would have uh, snagged it. I think you have the one where he's holding the the billy club, right? Yeah, the and it's the bloody face variant. Yeah, that's the one that I, I, I almost bought that one, too. I think I found mine at Walmart when they had a decent, I think it was last October, and they had a really cool uh, horror Funko section. I also oh, got nice. the goat from uh, Witches, or the Witch. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I still need to watch that. Yes, you do. But yeah, but, I yeah, even teed it up definitely... for us to do an episode on it, and you still didn't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, you picked two movies, and I you picked a couple movies, and I picked a couple movies, and that's what it ended up being. I know. Um, yeah. So this part of the movie, this this part's kind of like it's definitely a trip, man. Because yeah, they definitely go into the to more of the the lamb story, mm-hmm. which I'll let you kind of divulge into there. Yeah. So uh she's sent after her father dies clarice is sent to live with like her aunt and uncle or something and they essentially own a sheep farm and they raise and slaughter sheep mm-hmm. and one night when she was sleeping she could hear them screaming and she went out to the barn and saw them being slaughtered and this traumatized and horrified her as it would probably anybody uh who's not prepared for that for sure and she in her you know fervor decides to grab one of the sheep and run it as far away to safety as she could but then was unable to and was caught by her uncle brought back home with the sheep and they slaughtered the sheep 
Yeah, you're like, nice try. Yeah. We're having lamb tonight. <laughs> yeah. Even sure. though lamb is gross. Yeah. I don't... I think I've had lamb. Isn't that what you had from the kebab place that one time? Yeah. It wasn't I, bad. I would never I would never have known. There's a there's a tang to lamb that's and it can be tough when it's not prepared properly. Yeah. Um but this traumatized her deeply and she still hears the screams at night. And it I don't entirely get the point of it. Because they bring it mm -hmm. up later after Bill is dead. Spoilers. Yeah. About have, have the lamb stopped screaming. And essentially it's like that nagging call for justice. Mm-hmm. And to save innocence. I yeah. guess. That makes sense. I, I, I would... Uh, that's what I would lean towards. Okay. Or it's something else and I'm wrong, but I don't know. Look at you just being analytical over there. Good for you. Well, I have had half a root beer, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I've had one and a half a shock top. I'm kind of, I'm, I need to start buying some of these, like, not as strong beers. Because, like, the other night I was, I, I had my fantasy football draft and I, I didn't realize that I had had as many of them as I did. And they're all, like, six and a half, seven percent. And I'm like, ooh, here we are. <laughs> That's not a football player, Brandon. <laughs> um, so this is kind of the mo like the crazy part of the movie for me because it's like the one guard was super nice. Yeah. It was like you know he moved the he moved all the paint like the artwork out of the way and mm -hmm. was trying to accommodate a little bit. Yeah. And then the other one was kind of just like not really present. He was there, but he wasn't really paying attention. Yeah, it was like and... a background character that was just minding his own. Yeah. And so Lecter does use the pen part to open the cuffs, which is like he, he kind of either regurgitates it while he's sitting in the little bathroom that he has in there. Uh -huh. And then he's cuffed to the cage. He gets that thing open. He, he fucking bites the guard's nose that was like... Batman no, Return style, but even worse... Yeah, he gets his nose ate and then pepper sprayed, and then he mm -hmm. takes the you know the the nightstick and beats the shit out of the other one. And it's like, man, he. Granted, he got the better end of the deal, but like. Did he, he though? Beat, he, well, he didn't get strung up. Oh, it was the other one that got the nose guy that got strung up. Yeah, I must. I think so. Because, um, as we lead into. The net like. I'm. I would like to think that Lecter wouldn't have strung up the guy that was courteous. No, and it's actually a little surprising. I mean, I assume it's more of a message than a "you treated me badly" thing. Mm -hmm. To be like, yeah, you tried to, to cage me, but I can't be caged. Right. But well, I am surprised he went that extreme with someone who was barely even, like, present in the room. Hmm. Yeah, straight hung that other car, uh, other cop up. Mm hmm By and his innards. Was, yeah, real gruesome scene. Mm hmm It's it's almost. 
I mean, yeah, there's been skinnings and talk of things, but nothing really has happened that's that shocking. Yeah, and it, it goes from zero to 60 really quick on that one. Like, there's... You don't really get anything morbid until that part. Yeah. And the other one and is then, horribly mutilated, but he's still alive. And right. Lecter's now gone and armed, supposedly. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, all the cops are rallied. They're like, screw this guy. We're going to catch him. And they're all gathered on the elevator. And they notice that there's someone on top of the elevator. And blood is starting to trickle down, uh, like, through the uh, light vent thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, onto the little gurney where they have um, the laid-up police officer that's, you know, strapped to the, the gurney there. The yeah. blood starts to drip on it. It's like, oh, shit. Yeah, and they think, oh, this is how Lecter's trying to escape. He's on top of the elevator, and mm-hmm. as soon as... You know, we hit the bottom floor, he's going to pop out or get out one of the other doors or whatever and make his escape. So they, some of them go up the stairs, others crowd in the elevator. You know, they're all guns pointed and ready to let loose. And they fire <laughs> yeah. a shot at the body that's laying on the roof and hit it in the leg, but it doesn't move. Yeah. And so it's like, all right, he... That take that he, like he's either dead or that takes some serious like concentration chi like yeah f- inner focus being like all right I just got shot don't do anything yeah <laughs> which um, I'd like to think I could do that in that moment but I feel like I would go ow my leg ow 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 my leg but a lot louder like Peter Peter <laughs> left my legs like <sighs> for like six minutes <laughs> yeah ah <sighs> uh, right so um yeah shot no movement and they have the cop in the ambulance as they're trying to take him to the hospital mm-hmm. face looks mutilated just just fucking like ah well no the mutilate the face removed guy is the one on top of the elevator when right. he falls down and they finally reveal he's had his face removed and the other guy that's in the ambulance just looks like he's been cut up really bad. Yeah, exactly. And once we realize, oh, this guy doesn't have a face, but he's wearing Hannibal's white jumpsuit, oh Mm. shit, then it's the reveal that Hannibal swapped clothes with the guard, took off his face, and is now Mm -hmm. wearing it Leatherface style. Yeah to get the jump on the ambulance drivers and EMTs and bum rush them and steal the ambulance. Yeah. Like, oh no. <laughs> yeah. Super freaking cool. Yeah, it was a great scene. You know, it makes me kind of wish that I know Red Dragon's beginning is kind of catching Lecter, I guess, but like, mm-hmm. I wish it wasn't always Lecter helping them catch someone else and it was Lecter getting to to do his thing and people trying to catch him well that doesn't that kind of happen a little bit in Hannibal though 
Kinda. I haven't watched Hannibal. Yeah. Hannibal is probably my least favorite, so I haven't seen that one as much. But in that one, there's still the guy with the pigs that eat people. Right. And then, you know, Hannibal does make Ray Liotta eat part of his brain. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it... I would like I would like to have seen that them trying to like match wits or try like you know the cat and mouse of you know trying to get Lecter and like technically the way they ended this movie they could have set that up really easily. Yeah, it it could have been Lecter's on the run and doing what he does and they're trying to figure out where he is and yeah. Yeah. That Instead been, we got Hannibal, which was it. just fine. I don't know if it would have been too hacky, but like that. Or, you know, two on the nose, but that would, like, I would have loved to have seen that movie, especially if it was done as well as uh, Silence was. Yeah. Uh, so Clarice visits one of the victims' houses, trying to get a sense of things. Um, Bill's making a suit out of the skin, which is super gross in the sewing machine of it all. Mm-hmm. Crawford thinks that they found him and are on their way to, you know, bum rush the place. Um, and in another iconic, let's, this movie has so many iconic. I was just thinking you, we really glazed over one of the most iconic scenes of this movie, which has been mocked and referenced in a lot of things. And that was when, um, he has his little, his little show. Well, that's what when this he, next thing is. He plays dress up, and I well, I guess that's all I put for that that part. Oh, but I figured okay. we would. I was reading the notes wrong. I was thinking that happened earlier. Uh-uh. Yeah, the dress up scene. Yep. Yeah, he puts on the lipstick and tucks himself all up in there, and well, yeah, the classic tuck the sack back. But he also like it's kind of a trip though, because he does have longer ish hair. But then when he puts it on, like, that hair, I don't know, it almost looks like it really could have been his hair. Like, yeah. like it looked like it, like, I could have seen, I could have pictured him looking just like that um, in the 80s. But see, the thing that I don't, like, it's always kind of crazy to me is how much different he looks in the face to that scene as he does when you know spoilers later on he's talking with Clarice he looks a lot frumpier later on you know what I mean like he looks older more tired run down opposed to the super young energetic looking when he's doing the dress up like it's almost like it really does look almost like two different people and I mean I would assume it's an act well, it would have to be. But. I mean, he's just he's trying to put on a show. He doesn't want to play up the character of who he really is and play his hand. Yeah. But. Oh, I get it. Yeah. Um. um so. Precious, Bill's little froofy dog, is lured <laughs> to the pit by Catherine. With a bucket and a finger bone, mm-hmm. is what I assumed it was. Gross. Um, right. And eventually, she's able to capture the dog and threaten it, so that Bill will give her the phone. 
and he freaks the hell out, and I don't... Yeah, and that's right at this moment that Clarice gets to the door, right? Um, yeah, the, so when they think that, um, when they think that they find the place, Clarice actually does find the place. Right. So, and it, it's perfectly lined up. Like, every time Clarice rings the doorbell, his doorbell goes off, and, you know, they break into the house, and like swap bus in and there's nothing there there's nobody there and he's like oh Clarice like he just knew that she found the house right away yeah <laughs> and well, she's you know, a much better detective than we are shit <laughs> she really is so yeah she does end up finding the place but that's not before yeah and we you did talk about her um Catherine actually getting her hands on Precious yeah okay I was zoning out. I'm sorry. That's yeah, fine. So We're getting close to the end. It. It's almost over. <laughs> yeah, Clarice does find the house after she does kind of realize it's him. So the thing is, is like the clues are in the house. Like she's standing there kind of looking around a little bit. And there's just everywhere in this house, there's some, like moth or butterfly something. Yeah. So even though when she looks to the right and then she sees the moth landing, to her left in the doorway there's that picture of like the butterfly on the wall and right. it's just like it's everywhere mm-hmm. but he's definitely got a theme is, going yeah and this is probably one of my favorite parts of the movie because like you know she's standing there talking to him she draws the gun or no he's like when he starts to like he's looking for the card and then he start. He puts his hand over his mouth and he starts to giggle, and you know he just starts laughing. And then he kind of just super swaggy, just drops the cards and runs away. Like mm-hmm. you'll never catch me, and then runs <laughs> off. Like <laughs> you'll never catch me, ha ha ha. And then fucking books it. <laughs> it's like if that, like I would have just been like, no, boom. <laughs> You're not going to go anywhere. Shoot up the walls. But, I mean, she didn't know where Catherine was at this point. You know, you don't want to hurt her accidentally. You don't... You want to keep him alive so that if he has her stashed somewhere else, she can find her. But thankfully, she she does... In searching the house, she does find her in the big pit. Yeah. In the pit. In the pit. Which is the craziest fucking house. Like, that down, like, the basement's huge. And mm-hmm. it does kind of, like, I did, ha- I lived in the house. It was actually here in town when I was, I think, around 11. It was over off 11th, over by where uh, YCC is, where YVC is. Mm-hmm. And, like, it had a basement, but it was a, it was a, I'll never forget, it, like, giant green, it was a giant basement. It had green carpets. It was ugly as shit. And I wanted to have my room down there, but a part of me was a little bit afraid to be in the basement too, because it was so big. Yeah. And like it had doors and other rooms and like no pit, thankfully. But Yeah, sure. You could make your yeah. own. I would say like in, in the scale of what this basement was, I'd say it's probably like a half of what that other one was. Like it was a decent size, but like only maybe two or three rooms opposed to like 
a cavern, you know, two or three rooms, and then like a mini morgue. Yeah, <laughs> like a Voorhees style cave. Yeah, that was cool. Uh, so Bill cuts the lights as Clarice uh, ditches Catherine to look for him. Uh, mm-hmm. We get the return of the night vision goggles. And Bill just barely almost, kind of almost trying to touch Clarice, but holding back. But uh, then right, he gets a which, little... Hmm? Yeah, no, I was just going to say, this was a great part of the movie, too. Like, it was like if it was really trying to tee up the use of the night vision goggles, it's worth it, because this part's great. Like, she... The fear is real, and his... Yeah. He was so cocky, like, you know, I'm going to get this. Like, I win. Mm-hmm. At any point, she would have just been dead, but he was playing playing around. Got yeah, doing the supervillain thing, telling the master plan, like, just kill him already and you'd win. Yeah, and see, that's the thing, too. Like, I kind of feel like you're creeping through a basement. Everything's quiet. Everything's dark. Let me go ahead and pull the hammer back on this fucking python revolver. Yeah. Giant just... And then that, like... And he's not adverse to hitting people in the face repeatedly. Like, he could have just whacked her one good and knocked her down. Right. Then cocked the gun. Yeah. But no, he has to cock the gun in the pitch black, giving away his position. And the highly trained FBI agent... Knows what the sound of a cock and gun is, cocks right. her own, and, and blasts him away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which she does, which was great. She yeah. fucking lets him have it for being a dummy. Mm hmm. And so. It's, it, it's yeah. like supervillain 101 class. Like, this is what happens when you fail. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah, boom, boom, boom. And you know what? Dude had a fucking Nazi quilt. That deserves death on top of itself. Fair enough. Uh, the reinforcements finally arrived to help Catherine and get her uh, safe and warm. And uh, Clarice graduates from the academy and everyone's celebrating. And she gets a call from Lecter asking about the lambs. And have they stopped asking screaming? If, <laughs> have they stopped screaming, Clarice? <laughs> I think she says yes. Yeah. Which I would... Which kind of goes to my theory of helping innocence. And uh, she asks if they can meet up again. And he says, no, I'm meeting an old friend for dinner. And we see him in to the hell knows where in a really odd wig. But the best part of that line, dude, is it kind of had a double meaning. Because, like, like, what he said was, I'm having an old friend for dinner. Which can be taken multiple ways given his cannibalistic nature. And obviously, I mean, I would assume it means he's going to eat somebody. I don't remember noticing who the old friend was. It was Chilton. Oh, it was? Yeah, he followed him to wherever the hell he was at or... I must have missed Chilton. Yeah, he like, Chilton gets off that plane and then he just kind of, with his wig and fedora whatever the hat he's wearing he follows mm-hmm. him through the crowd okay see i didn't i didn't catch chilton i must have been looking at my notes yeah well that makes it's it even better cool. so he's yeah, finally gonna get his 
creepy fuck. Yeah. Uh, and that's great, the movie. Yeah. That's it, man. And like, honestly, if that really could have teed up a sequel of. He kills know, Chilton, Chilton and then they have to find him, or he keeps yeah. Chilton and tortures him for the whole movie. Yeah. That would have been cool. Hell yeah. All right, yeah. So that's that. That's it. That's um. That's Silence of, of the Lambs mm-hmm. in the nutshell. Um, With some if, fava beans and a Chianti. If you know you have thoughts, comments, opinions on this movie, you should definitely leave us a comment somewhere when we post it. Let us know what you think. Email yeah. us. Do all that fun stuff. Start a dialogue if you would like. Definitely, um, and if it's something you want us to read on air, we can definitely do that on our next episode. Right, and speaking of on air, I do want to do a quick shout-out. We got another um, another five-star rating on iTunes, so that that's uh, up to 16 now, so that's yeah. super insane. Um, this one was left on August 20th by BatmanFan14. Hmm. Um, saying fa- um, my love my horror love renewed and it said found this through another podcast and ha- and had been enjoying some diverse movies they do some I have never heard of but grateful that these guys introduced me to a few new ones which I believe his um, I believe that he was listening to your other show and found ours through that that works. So, That's even more impressive because that show hasn't been able to have a new episode due to COVID in months. So yeah, it's been a it's been a bit, and so that's awesome. Yeah, one hundred percent. So thank you, Batman fan fourteen, for that. And if you would like to leave us a review, we would love to give you a shout out on the air as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Without further ado, I almost pulled a switch on you, man. I was driving home today. We and still I was need to do the I'm... scorecard there, uh, quick draw. Uh, okay, quick draw. <laughs> Don't use my I joke wrote, against wrote, me. It doesn't work. I wrote it off because it's hard to do scorecards on these goddamn movies, man. I know. Well, it'll go quick, I think. All right. Start us off. Uh, best, best killer, killer scare, scare for me is when Lecter escapes. Obviously, it's really the only kill we really see, um, mm-hmm. but it's definitely the most brutal. Yeah, that um, that's what I have too. My best kill is um, when they walk in and they see the guy hanging up in front of the cage. That it's iconic, but there's like you don't really see a whole lot else. Yeah, kill wise. Uh, most wanted to die, most... Buffalo Bill, obviously. Uh, mine was Dr. Chilton because he's a piece of shit. Oh, yeah. Fair, fair enough. <laughs> what about your most wanted to live? Catherine. Yeah, same here. There's not like she was really the only one in peril the whole time. Yeah. I mean, Clarice could have been, I suppose, but. Yeah, she she always she she had it under control. Yeah. Uh, grossest moment was the uh, face mask. Yeah, I would. I didn't really have a super gross moment. I guess the gro- like a really gross moment probably would have been. Um, I'd probably say when they pulled the body out of the water and the, you know with the diamond cutouts in the back and they were having to do like the autopsy on it. They didn't yeah. really go into it, but that it was really gross. 
Agreed. Just a, just a decayed body. Yeah. Or somewhat decayed. Yeah, and I didn't have a dumbest moment or a special category for this one. I I I had a dumbest moment, and oh. I from and I kind of touched on it earlier. My least favorite part of the movie is probably the night vision stalking early on. Fair enough. Like it just it wasn't dark enough. I feel yeah. to need to use it in that, and so yeah, that's where we are. I get that. All right, now yeah. you can wrap us up. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, my <laughs> wife. My wife uh, took my wife and um, my sister-in-law. They took all the kids outside and were kind of keep trying to keep them quiet for me. So, shout-outs to them on that. Much for appreciated. The assist. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if you want to leave us a review, a rating, um, honestly, obviously five stars, we would appreciate. But no, there's nothing better than honest feedback. And so yeah, if you, if you don't like tell us what we need to change, we don't know how to change it. So Right. So, yeah, uh, leave us a review, leave us a rating. All that helps. It helps us get found. You know, the more reviews we have and the ratings, like maybe it'll inspire someone else to be like, hey, let's get, you know, let's check them out. Yeah. Um, if there's something that you want us to cover, I kind of put it out there a little bit on Facebook. Um I know Chris over at Nerds Week wanted us to look into um, into there's a band that does um, that has an album that does um, songs based on horror movies I believe. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, um, I believe Mike had mentioned doing something about um, creep show comics mm -hmm. or something along those lines, which is, is super sweet. Um, so the name of that band that was suggested um, by Chris, um, it's called the album is called uh, "The Silver Scream" by the band uh, by the band Ice Nine Kills. That's what it that's what it was. Every track is is inspired by a different horror movie. So I'll definitely check that out. Yeah. Andrew did say "Tales from the Dark Side." Um, but see, and this is the thing too. Um, it, this actually got some comments, so I don't know if you saw it. Uh, Mike said, up, uh, upcoming new releases, if any, theaters are closed here, but someday. And we're, where we're at with that is I don't mind news segments or covering new releases or covering other topics. Justin, on the other hand, not so much. So if there's a call for that, you want us to inform you of things upcoming. If you want it, we can do it, but we're not going to do it unless you want it, Yeah. if that makes sense. Um, I, I feel like so, news segments kind of date the show and make it a little less uh, timeless to listen to these whenever. And right. uh, Understandable. And nowadays there's little news to report since nothing's happening, but things are starting to kind of. Right. So 20, if, uh, 2020, next year is going to be huge. Yeah. Um, if you guys want to make Justin do it, let us know. Yeah. Um, and so I said I'm talking about having And if there's enough news, I mean, it could be the episode, really. It really could. Or we could just do a bonus episode where we drop, here's the news, and then keep it separate from the actual episodes itself. Yeah, because, um, I mean, these are quite lengthy as is. I think we're getting close to the two-hour mark here, so. No, we're at an hour 26 minutes. Okay, we're getting close to the hour and a half mark here. So, I mean, <laughs> doing a we'll news segment, we would push two hours. We're being, we'll be done with an hour. We'll be done in, a, in like, five minutes. Mm -hmm. So... 
I said, um, oh, well, let's just do, oh, no, what was it? Um, I told Mike, I said, I've talked to Justin about having a new segment, but I don't think he wants to. And then McNair commented on there saying, oh, well, let's just do everything Justin yeah, wants to do. Smiley face. <laughs> I'm sure he, oh, yeah, I'm sure he did. And he said, creep show comics to shows. And that's not a bad idea. I don't have access to the comics, but it would be fun. Yeah, definitely. Um, so without further ado, this is where I was going to throw a curveball, man. I know I already told you what my next pick was going to be. Uh-huh. And I thought about it. I was like, you know what we haven't covered yet? is a zombie movie. True. And I was thinking to myself, and I'm like, we could do like a 28 days later or 20, like obviously before 28 weeks. Mm, but I was thinking yeah. to myself, I'm like, man, we haven't done like an actual zombie movie yet. True. Right. We're not going to change that now. My next pick is going to remain the same. We're actually going to cover the 1982, what is it, comedy horror, I believe is what it falls under. I, I, I haven't seen it in probably, shit, I don't know, 25, 30 years. But yeah. we're, uh, yeah, we're definitely, we're going to cover um, the 1982 classic creep show itself so and after all that zombie tee up we're gonna do creep show <laughs> yeah oh yeah kind of i was like huh we haven't done anything zombie based yet but here we are still not doing anything zombie based and my next not one isn't yet. either <laughs> no uh if you want a zombie movie let me know i'll do i'll pick a zombie movie but yeah and so until then until next time uh you can find us on facebook at pod and gore podcast we have the pod uh, pod and gore horror group um we have a discord if you want that let us know um we're on instagram and twitter although twitter is a graveyard um at gore underscore pod you can email us at pod and gore at gmail.com um just let us know what you think if there's something you want us to do i would love like we take we take requests in fact you know my last episode house of a thousand corpses was a listener request Mm -hmm. but like if there's something specific you want us to cover if we have like if we know about it ahead of time and we can potentially put a little actual research into it that's a possibility too we're all open to do other things but you just yeah just let us know what you want yeah um yeah, so until we get together, I'm and again, sorry that this episode's late. A lot of personal stuff going on. I'm just glad that we actually got it done. This will yeah, be up too. probably Wednesday morning or even tomorrow after work. We'll see what happens. Yeah. But yeah, um, until we get together next time to go over uh, Creep Show, um, I have been Brandon. And I've been Justin. And we will catch you next time. Bye. Bye.